0: Welcome, everybody. This is Susie Pomerantz, and you have dialed in to the Leading Coaches Center Mastermind Call, and I'm really excited for you all to be here. This is our first call of the year, and so it's wonderful to get the community together. And as you just heard, this call is being recorded, uh, and we will be posting it in the Leading Coaches Clubhouse. So I will tell you at the end of the call how to access that if you don't already know. Um, And just a couple of announcements. I wanted to make sure to announce that if you are wanting to make noise or if you're in a place where there will be background noise, you can mute and unmute yourself by pressing star six. And then um, there are – today we have Joyce Odinson, and there are a couple of more calls we have lined up. So if you want to save the date in your calendar, we will have – two future calls so far. One on April 28th, Kate Steinbacher from Coaches Console will speak with us. And on June 8th, Gary Schlaver from Choice Magazine will speak with us. Um, so those are future calls that we've got in the works. And then um, just wanted to remind everybody that on the Teams page, if you're in the Leading Coaches Center, um, there's a place called Find a Team. And if you search in there, um, there's a, a two teams in particular that I want to draw your attention to. Most of the teams are created by people around common areas of interest, and so you can always create a team. But I wanted to point everyone's attention to two teams that would be advantageous to join if you haven't already. One is the Be A Voice team, and the other is the team called Announcements and Questions for This Community, because if you have anything that you want to announce or anything that you want feedback on from the community, that's the place for you to post it, and you just have to be logged in to be able to do that. Um, so that's it for the announcements. I want to introduce Joyce in a few minutes, but normally what we do on these calls is something called Meet Your Peers, where we go around and have people introduce themselves and say hello and say a little something about yourself. And and because I know that Joyce has a lot of wonderful content to share with us today, and I want to leave room for us to dialogue with Joyce, um, I want to try something new today, and that is... Um, For those of you who have access to a computer, if you log into Facebook while we're on the call and if you do a search, you'll be able to find the Leading Coaches Center page on Facebook, and we can use that as a live chat function so that we can introduce ourselves on there, we can say hello to each other, we can post questions or comments as to what's going on with the dialogue. And that way we'll have a more integrated experience. And this is just an experiment that I want to try this time. And if it works well, we can do this in future calls as well. But um, just wanted to see if there was a way that we could um, keep our focus and multitask at the same time. So keep, you know, fo- to log in to Facebook, go to the Leading Coaches Center Facebook page, say hello, introduce yourself, connect with people there while we're talking on the call. Um, and then also to be able to post questions or comments as you're thinking about them. And um, it, because sometimes on a call like this with a number of people, it's hard to get heard or get, um, to get your question addressed. So I want to give us that option of playing on Facebook at the same time. Um, so, um, so while I'm introducing Joyce, if you get over to the Facebook page and want to say hello and introduce yourself, now would be a great time to do that. Let me tell you a little bit about Joyce. I'm really excited that Joyce is joining us today. I first met Joyce through Vicki Winterton, who most of you know because she has a um, TCE, the, Co- the Coaches Exchange. And Vicky connected Joyce and I, and from our very first call, we just were little chatterboxes having so much to share. And um, Joyce is um, in, based in Winnipeg in Canada, and she has spent the last 15 years doing extensive research and work in the area of conflict management. And so today, what she's going to share with us are some strategies and tools for coaching those resistant and difficult clients that we face, particularly in a corporate environment. And she is the founder of a program that is designed for coaching those people who really don't want to be coached. And when she started telling me about this program, I got so intrigued and knew that it would be a fabulous thing for everyone to learn about. Um, because her, her coach training program is designed around interpersonal wellness, so it's helping people to develop interpersonal skills. Um, but this particular focus on how you coach those resistant clients or those who didn't really choose coaching for themselves, they were sort of mandated to, to be coached, or they're, really, they're the difficult people in organizations and high-conflict arenas where um, coaching is not necessarily something that they feel they need or want to do. So Joyce has some strategies for us around that. And she is also the author of two books. Um, And if you go over to the members-only page on the Leading Coaches Center itself, there is the full bio of her there that you can access. But I also posted this morning there an assessment instrument that Joyce is going to reference on this call. So if you want to download the assessment instrument, um, you can do that from the members-only page of the Leading Coaches Center. And... um, And so with that, I think we will jump in. I'll hand it over to Joyce and just a reminder to everyone who's on the call to go ahead and log on to Facebook, find the Leading Coaches Center page and say hello over there while Joyce is sharing her gems of wisdom with us. So welcome, Joyce. Well,
1: Susie, thank you for that welcome and uh, good afternoon, everyone. It's still morning in my part of the world because we are central standard Time. Uh, I know some of you are joining us, Eastern, so it's already noon there, and those of you from different parts of the world. I'm not quite sure if we did get to introduce ourselves, Susie, and NC just who's on the call. So um, I really would like if we could do that for a quick
0: minute. Is that possible? Okay, sure. <laughs> okay, so let's go around then and have everyone say a quick hello and um, maybe say where you're from and... Um Let's see. I'm, I'm just. I'm wanting to manage our time. So, Joyce, do you want to hear something about a difficult client from people, or do you uh, want to just
2: have
1: maybe we them? can just talk uh, quickly where we are calling from and um, where do we think we will use this work? So, it's really about like a thirty-second uh,
0: piece. Okay. So, who would like to go first?
3: I'll go first. This is Lowell Nirenberg. Uh, my company is Coach Lowell. I'm in the Washington, D.C. area, and I have a client that seems to be uh, reluctant to follow through. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. Who else is here? Uh, this is Lynn Gradsky, and I'm
1: also in the Washington, D.C. area, and I'm working with what I would call um, a number of reluctant entrepreneurs, people that end up in director positions or managing uh, organizations without any background to do so.
2: That's great, thank you. Who else is here? Hi, my name is Mariel Levine. I'm in Maryland, but right in the Washington metro area. And um, I don't really have any resistant clients at the moment, I'm happy to say. But I'm interested in those that are, have been uh, promoted to positions that they're not prepared for because I've been a management consultant and that was a pretty common experience I had in my consulting practice
1: thank you Who else is this, on the is call?
4: Di- this is Diana Sullivan hi Susie um, and I'm from San Francisco I work with <laughs> executive teams and individuals I've had a ton of clients like this so <laughs>
0: um,
4: I do mostly corporate coaching and so it'll be really exciting to hear different ideas today from Joyce and everyone thank you
0: Who
1: else is here? Uh, yeah, hi. This is Steve Borick. Uh my company's is Endgame Business. I'm in, I'm in upstate New York, central New York,
0: and
1: I'm the same way. I don't, I don't really have too many, uh, don't, don't have any difficult clients. Sometimes clients can be difficult, but I don't have anyone that's really, really difficult. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I'd like some insights when, you know, you're you have a client and then you're going to be coaching somebody on their team. Um and the and the client is, is saying to the team member, you know, you're getting a coach. So maybe how to introduce co- coaching to them other than just getting in, coaching, seeing them progress. You know I'm not sure if, if they
3: want to be there or why they're there or maybe how to enter into that discussion. Great.
0: Thank you, Steve. Welcome.
3: Thank Who you. Who
0: else is on the call? Hello, this
4: is Liz. I'm uh, I'm here from um, outside of Omaha, Nebraska, and I um, and my company is Lead the Way Coaching. I work with uh, typically senior level leaders in mid sized companies um, and their teams. And I'm really curious about what Joyce will share today because I have a brand new client. CIO of a company who is, uh, he appears very uncoachable um, from the standpoint that he's got a huge change initiative that is failing right now that he wants me to help him come in and, and fix the people. So um, it, you know, it needs to start with him, but we've had several conversations around what his role is in that. Um, so some other ideas, I've worked with a lot of people like this, but um, he's going to be a tough cookie, so new ideas will be great.
0: Great, thank you. We're just going around introducing ourselves, so if you haven't said hello yet, let us know your name, where you're from, and maybe a place where you might want to use what coaches, what strategies Joyce is about to share with us with any resistant or difficult clients you might be facing. So who's next? Uh,
4: hi, I just joined. This is Hillary Joel from um, Bethesda, Maryland near D.C. Um, I have a couple of clients who are really bright, like in Myers-Briggs terms they're probably introverted thinkers and so they like to solve problems that are outside themselves um not naturally comfortable with personal reflection and kind of exploring so I feel like there's a lot of barriers to get through um to get them to even say oh now we're in fertile ground where I might find a new way of doing things like they think they have rational responses. Like I already tried that, or mm-hmm. and they're not unreasonable people. It's just um, their style and their kind of armor.
0: Very good, thanks, Hillary. Thanks for joining us.
4: Yeah. And because they're very, very smart too, that kind of they're good at justifying their views.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. It sounds like
1: we've got almost everyone. And uh, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm thinking we should we should get going. This is Joyce here, Suzy.
0: Yeah, and I just wanted to say that we did have 45 people um, pre-register for the call, so if other people are just hiding out, being shy, and don't want to introduce yourselves now, feel free to use the Facebook page for that so you can still integrate and be part of the conversation. And, um, Joyce, I look forward to hearing what you have to say. <laughs> Okay.
1: Well, welcome
0: everyone
1: and and uh in 45 minutes is certainly uh, not enough time to uh expand on this subject, but I I want to really just uh acknowledge all of you for making the time to participate in this discussion this afternoon. So I want to and you just just say a quick here. Who here believes that the face of coaching is changing? Oh, yeah. It's- Do you believe that coaching is being recognized as a cutting-edge approach to deal with more difficulties within the workplace? Yes or no? Uh, Both, I'd say. Yes. Okay. Well, I believe that those two things are true, uh, mainly because I have a background and IN CONFLICT MANAGEMENT AND IN CONFLICT MANAGEMENT OUR GOAL IS LOOKING AT PREVENTION, WE'RE LOOKING AT MANAGING WHAT'S CURRENTLY GOING ON AND DOING SOME RESOLUTION AND SO WE'RE LOOKING AT SOLUTIONS, VERY SOLUTION FOCUSED AS TO UNDERSTANDING AND THE WHOLE CONFLICT ANALYST Uh, aspect to to my background is asking um, what are we learning from this and where we go from here. So it's very curious to see after all of these years of working that really nothing has necessarily changed. We're just finding ourselves in new uh, circumstances. What's been interesting in, in my career and uh, the goal for this uh, whole area of remedial coaching is that in 1999, I was having really difficult clients coming in for mediation. And those of you who are familiar with mediation, who've had the opportunity to be part of it or, or have been mediators yourself, um, you know that it is a voluntary process. People are reco- uh, are supposed to be in mediation because they want to be there or because they want to actively participate in negotiating negotiating a solution to their conflict situation, and I was finding that that was difficult and actually not true. Primarily because uh, a lot of my clients were coming from the corporate setting uh, and uh, were coming from family dynamic conflicts, and so I was really wrestling with this and came up with the idea of creating a pre-mediation model program. And that was really a process of taking these parties away one-on-one and coaching them on better interpersonal skills, actually helping them. We would have situations where one person would be completely introverted or may not have the level of communication skills that the other party didn't have. And so bringing these two people across the table and saying, let's negotiate was just so unfair and just very much not uh, an equitable process. And so that drove me into putting more work and energy into that pre-mediation coaching uh, process and developing that and taking those individuals working and looking at the results. They were actually going into that process much more prepared, much more focused on a solution and an outcome and, and getting an agreement that they could actually follow through and live by. And so that was really exciting. And as I said, that was back in 99. And so a number of years has evolved since then, and and so has my growth in the whole area of coaching and looking at the wonderful privilege of applying coaching to those very difficult situations. And so what we see now is that um, over the years as as a practicing coach, recognizing that uh, my clients see me as someone who provide more ready services for the difficult crimes and the difficult difficulties in workplaces, we're getting more and more coaching requests to work with individuals who've been found as guilty of harassment, breach, po- breach of policies, individuals who are very angry, very disengaged, and not wanting to be part of the coaching process. And really what we're seeing more noise is that these individuals are being told, go to coaching. And so we're seeing the change in the whole area of coaching. And we're seeing that the face of coaching is changing, not only in this arena, but in, in, in many different arenas mostly because organizations have seen the success that their employees are having in other areas of coaching, uh, executive coaching and management coaching and and progressive coaching. They're now saying, well, we want the same results with Joe over here who's not producing, not getting along with anyone. He's at that desk, and we have nowhere else to put him beside that desk because he can't get along with anyone and so what I've been working on for the past five years is a remedial coaching model that allows us to actually reach Joe over there. Because guess what? Joe does not see himself as part of the problem. He is not the problem. He is not the one who is at fault. It's those people over there in the office, according to Joe, who is not getting along with him. They are not getting along with me. They don't They don't like me for some reason. And Joe is at that place where he's taking absolutely no responsibility for his part in what's the dynamics that's that's very present and apparent in the workplace. So what do we do with Joe? What do you do when Joe comes to your practice? So your client you've been working with, the organization that you've developed a relationship of excellence with uh, brings Joe's case to you and say, hey, Can you do something with Joe? And that has been uh, what we've been seeing more and more, and uh, and that really working towards. So, what we do is actually engage Joe on a completely different level. What we say to Joe is, Joe, let us look at what you are contributing to the wellness of your workplace. What is your capacity to to contribute and we engage joe completely on a one-on-one basis and we focus in on joe as we do as coaches but our focus really is joe do you believe that we can only give what we have and joe will say yes because he's quite a reasonable person and and he will say of course we can't give. and say joe if you have a, a quarter cup of water and i come along and i ask you for a full cup of water what, what do you have to do? And Joe said, well, I only have a quarter cup. I'll give that to you. And I said, Joe, is it possible for you to be able to, um, can we explore an option for finding a full glass of water for me? And Joe said, well, we could go to the top or we could, you know, we find. And so Joe is coming up now with the answers of what we can do to find me that full glass of water. Are we talking about Joe's uh, inability to work and get in along with others? No, we're not. But indirectly, we're creating an opportunity to link Joe's reality and something completely outside himself and non threatening to now wrap that back to how would that relate to probably the relationship in the workplace and uh, how others may see you? Is there anything that that you think you have control over? And, you know, it all depends on how quickly you move into making the connection. But the question, and I think someone had asked earlier, is how do you begin that dialogue? How do you engage that person? Well, the first thing we do is be a coach. And really, we show Joe that we believe that he has uh, the ability to do anything that he wants to do. So it's really, when we talk about coaching and we talk about empowerment, when we're working with difficult and resistant clients, they are sometimes feeling quite powerless in their relationships, in their lives, and in their reality. And here is an opportunity for us as coaches who are trained on giving the power to our clients to really reinforce that. So I'm going to stop here and actually ask for comments or if anyone wants to uh, make a reference or share something, a different approach they're using or challenges they may be having. Anyone? Don't forget to take yourself off mute.
4: Um, This is Hillary. Um, One of the areas where clients are resistant is around work relationships where they think there's a right and a wrong and the other guys are wrong. (laughs) Um, Another is there's when there's like just too much to do. So another thing that feels out of their control and therefore they feel like how am i going to address this in a coaching conversation is there's just too much on my plate or too many demands or too many emails and I'm curious to hear of about techniques for kind of working that through that I may not have tried yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm sure there are people on the call who have tried uh, the too many demands. Um, How have you found that? Is there anyone on the call who has actually done pieces around the too many demands? What
2: have you tried? What worked? I've had some experience with that. And often what helps a little bit, and probably Hillary's already done this, is um, to have the client Organize the demands from the most important to the least important, and there are very interesting things going on now with um, with all of these um, communication devices so that emails and cell phone calls continually interrupt people in their work, and those are not the most important so that keeps them from getting their most important work done so One of the things that I found is if I have the client organize um, his work or her work by priorities and see what's interfering with the time that is being spent on the most important things, then suddenly it becomes clear that there are certain strategies that the client can use to get more control over the whole work situation.
1: Hmm. That's, that's a great approach and uh, one that, that m- many people uh, try. Is there anything else? Thank you for sharing that. Is there anyone else who's tried something?
2: Yes, I just um, want to add. I just want to add something to that. I find the clients are very resistant to not immediately responding to cell phone calls and emails, and so mm-hmm. talk about resistance. That's where I find continually there's enormous resistance to giving up that quick, spontaneous response to emails and cell phones, which are very interfering with getting wor- serious work done. Excellent.
1: Hmm. Thank
3: you. There was another person calling. Yeah. This, yeah, this Lowell. Um, one of the things I've had people do is kind of segregate their email and from certain sources the emails go directly into a folder with that name and they don't show up in their inbox per se.
2: Yeah, that's a good idea.
3: Um, And so they can access those less important folders when they assign time for that just not uh, in real time. The other approach is to have them certainly Sometimes there's a sound that takes place when an email shows up, and they can, um, there's a, an option to not have that sound, that beep, show up. The other thing is to have them literally turn off their email except a few times during the day. Just have it disappear. Just don't log in or log out of it and log in, you know, after lunch or 4 o'clock, something like that.
1: Okay. So those are some some great ideas and and great tips on what what others are using. And uh, you are correct. There are many times that clients uh, do uh, put up resistance. And one of the things we do as coaches is that we try not to tell. So we really want to ask the client, what is really important here for you? Uh, most of the times, if we if we make suggestions or even if we ask permission to make those suggestions, uh, it still seems like it's our idea. And one of the things that I found most uh, most most successful with resistant guys is really really being in coaching and actually asking them to get out of that box. You know, think outside the box. What if uh, your friend down the hall was dealing with this issue. What would you suggest? What do you think would work best, especially if there is someone in the in the in the particular workplace who has who shares the same kind of job workplace reality with them? How would you help him or her uh prioritize um when we talked and another another color um someone else mentioned um people having too much to do, and uh, the lack of prioritization. You know, what we've come to realize is that many people are so busy, uh, they don't take time to really sit back and reflect uh, reflect on on what they're doing and is it the best thing for them. Uh, You know, it may be a really great strategy, but it's not right for me. And that's what we we help our clients to identify and to assess within their workday. Is the strategy you're using or are the strategies you're employing the best strategies for you at this time? They may have worked a year or two ago, but your realities may have changed now. And how about looking at these from a critical point of view and actually assessing what might work best? So that may be one way to help them out of their situation because they have the feeling that it worked last year. It's, going, it's bound to work this time. I've tried it, and it's been successful. So it's really helping them to get out of that, that comfort zone a bit by, through working with the coach, by brainstorming and looking at it uh, before they actually take the action, and then planning and enthusing them to actually take the action and move out into, into some real opportunity to see whether or not this may be uh, a successful process for them Uh, another thing that i find with clients who are and when you mention right or wrong uh, in interpersonal dynamics people are positional when there is a conflict people take positions my position means i am right and this person is wrong and until he or she apologizes So Joe would say to me, until he apologizes, I will not talk to him or I will not work with him. And these people have to work on a team because they have a deadline or they have a project that they're working towards. And so coming in uh, to work with those individuals, you need to reach them on a completely different level. And really working with Joe here is asking Joe, what is the overall goal of the organization? uh how do you where do you fit in terms of in level of importance in terms of the poll? What we find many times why people hold on to their positions is because without that position they feel somewhat vulnerable or insignificant, and many times they hold on to those positions uh as their way to emphasize their significance, helping them to find significance. <coughs> Uh, If you don't mind putting yourself on mute, that would be great. Many times, helping them find significance through another means or through another avenue is usually enough for them to give up that uh, very um, combative approach they're having with their colleagues at work and changing their lenses or their frame frame of reference as to what do you think might be happening for the other person? What do you think might be uh, one of the incentives or or one of the the challenges this particular person may be facing or, or why they make that choice? So one of the things we use and we found very successful uh, from our years of working with uh, very resistant, high conflict, highly positional uh, individuals is really taking the focus away from their position, helping them to find significance, but also helping them to come back and realize how important they are to this process and really validating who they are and their, their, their person, their ability. I don't know how many of you have uh, heard when Susie introduced the call that she mentioned. I had put a tool on the leading coaches page, and I'm going to make reference to, and it's really what we've called, what I've designed over the years. It's the interpersonal wellness systems model.
3: What we're doing. Could,
2: the... could Joyce, could you tell us where to find that again? Yeah, Susie, can tell, tell you.
0: Them? Yeah, if you go, if you're logged into the leading coaches center. And yeah. you go to the Members Only page. You can access the Members Only page from any of the um, any of the tabs on top that are the in the middle. So either from Member Guide, Meet Members, Find a Team, or Be a Voice, from any of those tabs, click on oh, any of yeah. those tabs. And then on the right-hand side, you'll see a tab a little bit lower down that says Members Only. Mm-hmm. And if you click on that, it takes you to the Members Only page, and that's where you'll find Joyce's bio. And then at the very top... It says PDF download, access this model for the call with Joyce. And you just click there oh, yeah. and it says
2: thank you. download
0: yeah. Joyce's model right now.
2: Terrific. Thanks.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Is it leadingcoaches.com, just one word?
0: Leadingcoachescenter.com. One thank you. Word. Okay. Okay.
1: So what you will see, thank you, Susie, for, for clarifying up that. What you will see, for those of you who are actually um able to download the model. Uh, for those who not, I'm just going to uh, give you a quick overview. It's really going back to systems thinking. Most of the times what we found in, in our research and work with uh, resistant clients, and, and those are clients who are resistant to coaching or to any other form of external intervention. Uh, most of the times our clients have not been successful uh their employers have sent them off to coach, uh, to counseling. Uh, they've been referred to EAP or encouraged to EAP because many organizations have collective agreements, which means that HR or their employees cannot force them to go to, uh, to utilize EAP. And the statistics shows only 30% of employees actually do access uh, their EAP, which is Employee Assistance Program or Employee uh, Assistance Family and Family Program, And so what we're seeing is that these individuals, some of them have access that, some of them have been sent to workshops, one-day workshops on anger management or conflict resolution or how to behave, and they are still, after years of doing that, coming back to the workplace after a week or two, reverting back to the negative pattern, uh, the negative uh, way of, of interacting and engaging with others in the workplace. So many times the employers are at their wit's end, and they're saying, we're going to send you to coaching or we need something to do. And what we've developed over the last five years is the interpersonal wellness systems model. We've taken a systemic approach to working with these individuals because a lot of times we find that they're very, very focused on themselves and their position and their, their rightness and the wrongness of everyone. And so what we try to do actually is engage them at looking at themselves as a system. And we really start from there, looking at yourself as a system of many interrelated parts. And we've tied in the interpersonal. If you look at the heart of the model, it ties in the interpersonal, which is the ability to have good relationship with yourself and others. Uh, in order for you to maintain that, there is a requirement for you to have some level of conflict management skills, and that means that you are able to deal with issues when they come up and, uh, and move past them. The next piece to that is positive vibrations, and that gets us into the area of, uh, kind of the kinds of thoughts we hold, the negative self-talk they're having that uh, infusing those the the negative actions and patterns and keeping them in that state of of negativity. And looking at that and and then reverting back to how can you create more positive thoughts, how can you embrace more positive thoughts, and what's the truth to the the thought that may be negative, what's the opposite to that, and how you can maintain that. Then we look at self-awareness, looking at the impact they're having on others, many of them are completely um, unaware of the impact they're having on others. And so we bring them back to, to looking at each of us have an impact on our, on each other. And what we do is is going to have an impact on everyone around us, be it negative or positive. What kind of impact would you have? What kind of impact do you enjoy? Uh, we look at collaboration, and what we say is that you're you're doing two things in life. You're either working with others or you're, you're either being manipulated or, or, or being others, or you're being manipulated by others. So which would you prefer, being a collaborator, one who knows how to work with the network of relationships and the positive energies around you to embrace the people around you and use that for your success and theirs, or do you want to be one who manipulate others or be manipulated by others? And we help them to see there is a benefit to working towards acquiring those those main aspects in, in your life because it helps you to feel a sense of belonging. Many of them complain of isolation in the workplace. Nobody likes me. Uh, we're, we're never able to get a project going. I'm, I'm, I'm least favored in the team. Uh, nobody wants to work with me in a group. And, and many of those things, they've had a history. This is not a new behavior to them. This is patterns they've learned over the years. And so we help them to see that by being able to include those things in your interpersonal network, you can feel a sense of belonging and the esteem that others will hold you uh, being appreciated by those you're, you're working with and in your group and in your relationship. And that helps you, feel. Uh, gives you that, that whole idea of feeling empowered in your relationship, that power that comes from that positive fun, esteem. And of course, we all want to have fun because that's what we're created to do. So, being able to have all of these things will allow us to to be able to have fun filled lives uh, with the people in our relationships. And how does that relate to that whole butterfly shape of the model around? We say that the, the theory, a the thesis of this model is that being a spiritual, social, emotional, occupational, intellectual, environmental, financial, and physical aspects of our lives will impact or be impacted by what's happening in the model, in the in the center, the heart of the model. So my inability or my low self-esteem under the spiritual dimension will create a lot of negative self-talk and that will make me defensive, and so I will not have the best relationship with the people in my community, within my workplace, and will deteriorate that, and I will become so confused with that, and that those feelings of, of delus- disillusionment and negative uh, doubt uh, will help me to, or will cause me to create negative work environment in my occupational, and if we go on to the intellectual, you can see how by these experiences I may start thinking that I'm, you know, I'm silly. I, I'm not no longer making good decisions. I'm reacting to how people uh, treat me, and I, I'm not working from my core values anymore. I'm, I'm retaliating. I'm, I'm being uh, very much uh, positional and, and wanting to get my own way because that's the only way I feel powerful. Then, of course, I, I become so self-centered and, and completely uh, oblivious to things around me. It has to be my way. So, environmentally, I start picking on people who are different and, and putting them down and bullying because, you know, I, I no longer have respect for diversity and no longer accept people and have that level of tolerance. And is that going to affect, affect me financially? Of course it will. It will, it will affect my earning earning potential my ability to uh, to to maintain um, a good job which will will help me to grow and become further in my career and will that have a negative impact on my physical dimension of course it will i will start getting heartburn and and uh, stress and and maybe put on too much weight or lose too much weight and you know my focus and, and motivation to take care of myself maybe become uh, quite disoriented and so we actually engage our our clients uh through this model and If you're looking at the tool, uh, what we've done is, is created an instrument within that and asking them to actually go in and pick five areas within each of these dimensions. And the question we're asking them is, what is your capacity to contribute to the wellness of your relationship or to the success of your life? And by assessing this, we're looking at your level of wellness in your spiritual dimension your social dimension, your emotional dimension, occupational dimension, intellectual, environmental, financial, physical. This doesn't mean that we become uh, coaching experts in all these areas, but what we're doing is actually creating awareness for our clients on a completely different level. And it's just amazing the results we've been having in helping clients to actually move forward and move beyond their positional and start connecting and seeing themselves as actually interconnected with everything else that's going around and that the they actions and the choices they make actually have a consequence on the relationships they can develop and the success of those relationships and their own success in the workplace and their relationships with those they work with. So it's been really, really amazing to see the growth uh, of these clients. And we have calls coming back from employers that, Who are these people? Who is this person? And we have clients coming back to see us after a year, after nine months. We do a follow-up with our clients, and they will say, you know what? I have been to so many workshops, and having gone through this process, it's been amazing how my life has changed. And so I know um, we had mentioned earlier, and I'll just quickly take a few minutes and say what would we have actually, what I've actually developed is a training program for coaches who want to actually specialize in that remedial coaching area or bring it into what they're doing because there is now an opportunity to approach insurance agencies and to approach many of uh, the other uh, organizations that are no longer not not yet utilizing coaching uh, for those processes, uh, we're thinking of moving into labor unions, insurance companies, governing bodies, associations that are looking to do more than pay, having their members pay a fine for breaching uh, their 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 policies. And so the whole area of remedial coaching is growing. We see the excitement our clients are having, uh, you know, using that, and we're saying. Let us set ourselves up to actually approach it in a more uh, fundamental way, in a more comprehensive way. And so my program is designed, the Interpersonal Wellness Practitioner Program, is designed for coaches who are interested in in really uh, moving into that market. So um, I'm going to be quiet now and and take questions and uh, give you an opportunity to give your feedback on what I said before, those of you who are looking at the model uh, to share with uh, me and uh, maybe talk about the follow-up conversation, what that might look like. Please remember to unmute yourself.
0: It's a star six to unmute, and please say your name, too, so we can start to recognize voices. And um, this is Susie. Joyce, I have a quick question about using this model. With the assessment, the assessment part on the bottom, you have them give themselves a score between one and ten around their ability to contribute to the wellness of their interpersonal relationships in whatever setting they choose to look at. But do you have them rank each one of the bullets under each heading down below? Is that's, that what all those?
1: Okay, so that's a fabulous question and something we we do further in our training program. No, the bullets are really there for aesthetics. Um, After the comer it's a new word. So they get to pick any five uh, areas within each dimension. So if you look at the spiritual dimension, there is self-esteem. There is personal style. That's how others are um, understanding you, the kind of impact you're having on others, how are they responding to you. Is it true to what your intentions are? We look at culture we look at core values, we look at beliefs, we look at religion, we look at faith, integrity, balance, hope, vision, and then we look at the core competencies that one can develop uh, to enhance this. And uh, I haven't said this, but uh, I have a book on, on Amazon, Interpersonal Wellness System. It's actually built around all of these um, the The dimension, so each dimension is a chapter. And what we do is actually use this. It's a coaching toolkit, the book itself. It's actually providing a framework for our coaches to work with clients on uh, enhancing their interpersonal wellness in all of these dimensions. So that is actually, that came out in July, and I almost forgot to mention
0: it. But yes, Mm -hmm. good question. It is uh, definitely about that. So they identify um, the the five components of each dimension that they want to rate themselves on, and then I would assume a coach would then be able to um, intervene at the level of the ones that they didn't consider important to find out why or if that's an area for opportunity Exactly. For Actually, what
1: what we do, and uh, with myself as a coach, and and the other coaches who I've trained, who who are interpersonal wellness system coaches, uh, they find that they use. Uh, some people use it differently. Some of our coaches uh, use it. They actually go through with their clients and give them an understanding, expand each particular area with them, and then the. They ask which of these areas are you interested in assessing your wellness on, and why don't we look at areas that are you you think you're doing well in, and areas that you think you need to do some growth on. In so we we try to encourage our clients to not just pick all the areas you're doing well in, and measure those because you're going to get a very high score. Then that means you have nothing to work on, and that's so. Usually we 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 chuckle about it in training, and when we have a uh, mastermind sessions and and our coaches need to talk about how they're growing in in their practice in interpersonal wellness coaching. Uh, One of the things we say uh, they remind ourselves with is that, you know, when our clients score 10, it's a red flag (laughs) that, you know, we either haven't explained the process to them or that they've assessed all the areas they're doing well in. Or they just have a blind spot, right? It could just be the blind. Absolutely. You
3: know.
1: Absolutely. And so it's really a red flag to really go back and do some deeper work with your client and uh, to find out, you know, are there areas uh, within their spiritual dimension that's not reflected on the model? And we certainly respect that the model. These, these, these sections can be can have far more areas within them. Uh, we just had to limit ourselves to how much we're going to put in there. So, are there areas within the dimensions, uh, within those those particular dimensions, that they can be uh, focusing on and uh, evaluating, and, and certainly using that? So, one of the things we do with any coach, good coaching model, I think, uh, there needs to be the capacity for the model to adapt to the needs of the client, and that's yeah. what we we encourage uh, in our training, and and so our, our the coaches who through the training program with me uh, get an, a huge opportunity to really practice and, and uh, you know, expand the, the repertoire of how they're using. I've, I've just been so humbled by using this model uh, over the last few years. I have learned so much from it. i grown so much uh, from, uh, you know, having put this model together. i I've been taught every day uh, with, uh, with uses of it.
0: That's great. So um, I would love to just hear from other folks on the call what questions or reactions or comments you have for Joyce around the model. And um, and I also want to make sure we leave a few minutes at the end of the call, Joyce, for you to be able to tell people how to contact you or where to, you know, your website and how to find more information, that sort of thing, too.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So don't forget if you want to ask a question or make a comment that you've got a star six to unmute yourself if you were muted. Everybody's eating their lunch, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like we have quite a quiet group on on the call today.
1: Uh, Is there anyone who's using something else that they're finding success with in working with resistant clients? Um,
3: This is Lowell Nirenberg again. Um, A thought came up as you began to describe your process and... This sound it seemed to me like something that would uh, move someone forward if they hadn't been trained in your process. And uh, what do you think of this? The question would be, uh, speaking to the person, the coachee, uh, if you – let's pretend you had 100% responsibility for having this relationship work or having this – situation work well if you were 100 percent responsible what would you what would you do what might you do what might you change and you can't you can't ask anyone else to change you can only work on yourself i just wonder what that might produce The time.
1: <laughs> it it just it really is a, a great way to move people forward. Um, over and above, this model is really a conversation opener. I I describe it, Lo, well, uh, to to a lot of my um, you know my mentee coaches that this is a, a GPS. It's hmm. really helping our clients find their way. Where are you at? Because, you know, life gets so busy, we lost the way. We don't even know where we are. We help you to position yourself. And from positioning yourself, you can now start looking at where do you want to go. So we don't stay in that place. Our we'll focus with clients right away is, you know, they may measure and say my IWQ, you know, my interpersonal wellness quotient, IWQ for short, is, uh, you know, 4.7 or 4.5. And I think that we we'll use an example uh, in in the book. And right away we ask, so where would you like to go from here? What hmm. would what would the ideal place be for your inspirational <laughs> wellness ocean? That means your capacity to contribute wellness. Because we cannot give what we, we, we don't have. If you want to contribute Wellness. If you want to be in a well in a relationship that that contributes to your wellness and, and is healthy, what is your role? What is your responsibility in that? And so it's very much the same question, the same conversation. But what we do with the model law is that we break it down. We give them um, so many other options to look at, which uh, is really what is coaching. It's really creating so many more opportunities. A client may look at this, and we've had clients look at this, and they say, I only want to work on my financial. We're like, what does that have to do with work? But hey, that's where you want to go. Let's go right ahead. Mm-hmm. And from there, simple things like long-term planning relates back to things like work, like priority. Um, how do you move forward? How do you make plans? What are your goals? Absolutely, big piece. So anywhere within this model that a client may, may try to or, or start the process, if we work with clients where they are at. We're not about uh, bringing clients into what we think they should be. And with resistant clients, we have to be very much, so much more careful because it's so easy to alienate them. And uh, as a mediator, you, you find yourself having learned many times how easy it is for clients to think you're biased to one party or the other. As a coach, your client has to believe that you're 100% in tune with what they're doing and with who they are and that you you respect them for who they are and that you believe that they can actually have more success than they're having. And so it's so important for us to anchor in with our clients right away. And we spend an entire part of our training on building relationships with resistant clients because that is so important. That relationship, they don't. Their trust is not something that comes easy for them. They've had so many failures in in the whole area of trust. So here, you come in as the coach. You have to prove uh, that you're you're going to maintain truth. You're going to move that self discovery and help them to move forward. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Any other comments? I'm going to um, post the link to your book on the um, Facebook page. Oh,
1: thank you. And just to add to to what we've been talking about, and I think Lol brought up a good point. It's, uh, this is not, I'm certain. I, you know, I, I don't know of any other model that that's been used specifically for remedial coaching and for uh, working with resistant clients. But I'm sure there are our coaches and and consultants who are who've come up with different tools they use, and and probably we're just not connected with them. But this is just our opportunity to start the dialogue and to say, um, can we help move coaching further into this into this arena and uh, broaden the subject and, and, uh, and really prepare ourselves for what's coming because the dynamics in, in the workplace is not changing. It's it's actually becoming more fragmented and, and more dysfunctional and more challenging, uh, especially when we see situations like someone mentioned earlier, where we have ma- people being promoted into management position who don't have the skill. They're not people, uh, you know, they they're not people, uh, people oriented. They are probably great entrepreneurs in their particular areas of expertise, but. That leading people is not part of their strength, and uh, they really don't want to focus their energy on that. And so we had a situation where an individual was sent to coaching, and, and that was partly one of the challenge. He did not want to manage, and he went back and said, "I want to be devoted. I want to go back to." my position on the floor. I don't want to be a supervisor. And the organization just, they could not accept that. And part of our coaching work with with this individual was to identify what was true for you. And it was true for him. He did not want to be there. And that should be respected. That should be heard. Uh, We had another manager who came to us and he said, I was just going down the hall to get myself a cup of coffee. And they called me and said, do you want to be a, a, a supervisor? And here I am, and and that you know, he fortunately for him, he came in and got coach training, and and uh, was able to do. And then he came out and said, you know what, uh, people are telling me way too much about themselves. I don't, I don't want to that much information. And and so part of that now is, like, how do I refer them on to to use other strategies? So it's it's a very different uh, uh, arena when you're in the corporate world.
0: Any last thoughts or questions for Joyce before we wrap up the call? Well, I Joyce, I really want to thank you for all of your time and expertise in sharing these strategies and tools with us and um and I just want to remind people that you can find the model at the Leading Coaches Center on the um members-only page, and then also on the Leading Coaches Center page on Facebook. And it was great to hear everybody's voice, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. And Joyce, please let people know where they can find out more about you or, can, or contact you.
1: Well, to find out more about me, you can Google us, uh, or you can go to our website. It's www.interpersonalwellness.com. Uh, interpersonal Wellness One Word is uh, that's our website, and you can learn more about our interpersonal wellness practitioner training program for coaches who are already uh, certified. And it's a 30-hour program that helps them to uh, be able to utilize uh, some of those strategies and marketing package to grow their practice and, and to do more work with uh, some of the, the bigger bodies in terms of uh, moving
0: forward. Great, thank you.
2: And thank you, Susie, for arranging this.
0: <clears throat> mind live in the clubhouse. So the way to access the clubhouse is from the tab called "Build Your Business" inside the Leading Coaches Center. Um, but I, I think I'm also going to post it on the Members Only page um, for a short time, so it's available to everybody first. And. Um, Great talking to you guys. Look forward to hearing everyone's voice and seeing you online. And I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you again, Joyce, for joining us. And um, take care, everybody. See you soon. Thanks,
3: Susie. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye -bye. Bye Bye-bye.